Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello Marissa. It is a pleasure to be back here once again talking about Lizzie McGuire. Uh, no guests today but I'm sure that you and I will do just adequately. <laughs> we'll get by on our charm and wit. <laughs> Yes, because we have one of those two things. Hey. <laughs> which which one? Who knows? <laughs> Who? I would say wit. I don't think we're very charming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. How are you, Sam? I mean, I'm good. I don't need to be um, charming because I don't leave the house. I don't need to impress anybody. I guess you, but, you know, <laughs> I don't really care. So, <laughs> you know, all good otherwise. And how are you, Marissa? I am fantastic. It's come up the last couple weeks that I have been on a deadline revising my second young adult book. And my revision is turned in as of today. We're actually recording this on Monday because I just, that final push. But it's in, I am free, and I feel great. Ready to talk about Lizzie McGuire. Because you wanted to give me as little time to edit this together as possible. You say that as if you don't just edit it (laughs) every Monday night anyways. (laughs) Yeah. And so you said now this enables you to really put together the uh, much anticipated, but no follow through. (laughs) The Older and Wiser podcast. Kelsey is going to not be happy with you. I'm not trying to be, we established I don't need to be charming right now. (laughs) It's not something that I aspire toward in my daily life anymore. Yes, Kelsey and I have both been on deadline. Kelsey and I are both now not on deadline. So yes, plans are in the works. More to come when we have it. Cool. And in the meantime, we are one, well, I guess less than one week removed from the launch of Crowning Around which I do with Carlin Greenwald and Ivan Vukovic. And if you have not listened already, please do. It's very fun. Every episode, we award a Kinky Crown Award because it is Netflix. There's bound to be some risque moments. And so we award a Kinky Crown Award every episode, but we've also set up a poll on Twitter in case you think that we've got it wrong. Definitely let us know there. And um, we can talk about it later, but... You know, it's a fun time. It's it's much shorter than this. We don't ramble quite as much. Or rather, Marissa doesn't ramble at all because she's not involved. Hey, oh. why are you being so mean today? <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to compliment that <laughs> podcast. And now I don't want to because you're so mean. <laughs> I guess I'm just in a snarky mood. <laughs> no. I've been watching too much Greg Serrano. No, I actually do want to say that crowning around is super fun. And I don't even watch The Crown, but it was a joy to listen to. Thank you. Why do I like you? Clearly for my wit. It's not the charm. (laughs) But yes, we have been watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So we just started season two and it is a wild ride. I think we mentioned this last week with Jermaine, but I have seen the first two seasons and Sam hasn't seen it at all. So that's happening. I re- yeah, I mean, going back to, you know, me sort of embodying the mindset of Greg Serrano, something that happens to me when I binge watch television shows is I really start to get into the mindset of the characters on the show and begin to really picture what my life would be like if I reacted in situations the way that they did. And in that way, I kind of, you know, start to involuntarily embody those mannerisms and it's not great 
like this happened when I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm and I started to think maybe Larry David was right about everything. And then <laughs> I would start to say like kind of Larry David things. But if you've ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, like it never works out. And that was especially true when they came out of my mouth. And so this is a habit that I can't really control it, but I'm aware of it. And it's something that I'm working on. Whoopty freaking do. <laughs> It was pretty, pretty, pretty bad. I do think that you are somewhat of a Greg. Oh, yeah? Just in general. I think you're not often in that place, but, like, you do have your, like, Holden Caulfield moments, and that is just Greg, like, all the time. That's true. I also don't have crippling alcohol dependency, so. No, that is is not a thing. (laughs) So, you know. It's not a um no it's know, more a mindset. Comparison. No, it's not it's just more of the like you said the snarky like I hate everything moments. <laughs> yeah, there is a connection. I was definitely team Greg the first time I watched the show and I think I actually stopped watching it because I was really upset when Greg left. But, you know, I'm older now. I am slightly more evolved and they are just all bad for each other. There is no good <laughs> There's no good combination there. Yeah, they're all really flawed characters. Yeah, but this this habit that I have, I realized I also did it when I watched The Office because I would start to try to make gym faces to people and then they would just look at me really strangely. <laughs> and then I realized what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I was like, I need to stop. Oh, Sam. <laughs> you know, when something would happen, I would try to make a, you know, a face to, I guess there is no camera. So just to anybody who would, who would look back at me. And then they would just frown at you like what? Yeah, they would be like Stanley, I guess. Yeah. And just roll their eyes and, and look away. So Yeah. It's an unfortunate byproduct of the binge watch. Interesting. You just get so involved and then you just you get in such a show hole when the show ends. Luckily we aren't even halfway through yet, so a ways to go before a show hole. Yes, that's true. But we are more than halfway through Lizzie McGuire. We are. And, you know, every week we do this and I'm like, wow, we're still doing this. And we're just before the halfway point of season two. It's about to get really confusing. I know. (laughs) Miranda still has to disappear. Yeah. Um, We're on the precipice of just like chaos. But yeah, today's episode was an interesting one. I think for me, it's one of the more memorable episodes of season two. I've definitely seen this episode more times than I can count. And like that memory of Patterson's face shattering has always been in the back of my head. So really, you'll just be living your life and just (laughs) occupying space in your cranium. Living (laughs) rent free. (laughs) Well, I'm in in the Lizzie McGuire part of my brain. um, Yeah, that image is just as... It's up there with the bra, with the jeans, with the, you know, I think it's one of the more memorable episodes in my brain. We can go with, I mean, this episode made little to no sense. It did. It was one of the most um, chaotic episodes in terms of logistics. Once again, Lizzie was in school all day. Matt and Lanny were just like trying to buy a bike. But even in terms of just like Lizzie's entire rationale, it just made no, like all of her actions made no sense to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, she's a good person. You're a good man, Lizzie McGuire. All right. Who's a, say you witness a murder, right? And you're like, I'm a good person. And then you steal the murder weapon. Why would you ever do that? (laughs) It's like, that's basically what happened here. It's like Lizzie watched a stabbing and then took the knife. And it was like, it wasn't me, guys. Even though I have this bloody knife, (laughs) you have to believe me. It wasn't me. Like, why would you ever do that? (sighs) Panicked. I don't know. (laughs) You can panic and not take the murder weapon. (laughs) I could see myself panicking in a similar fashion. Oh, my God. Should we just jump in? Yes. Okay. So this week we are discussing season two, episode 13. You're a good man, Lizzie McGuire. In this episode, Kate broke the head off a statue of the school's former principal, and Lizzie is the only one who knows who did it. But the dance has been canceled until the culprit owns up. Should Lizzie tell all? 
This episode aired on July 26th, 2002. What public school has a, a, a bust of the first principal of that public school? This makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, they are very, um, they have a deep reverence for Patterson. Like 1949 you, to 1961. Can you imagine the outrage of people in this town when they learned that their tax dollars went towards a bust of Patterson? <laughs> a man whose motto was, what was it, like, settle down? It was, hey, you kids, cut it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you kids, cut that out. Yeah, I can just imagine the town hall outrage that is <laughs> occurring when this, uh, when this comes up as a proposal. It's They're in- like, should we buy these kids books or a statue of the first principle? Let's go with the statue. That's definitely how this should go. They need to know their history. Clearly. Of a junior high school. Not even a high school. A junior high school. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting that this even exists at all. But we'll get into all of that. Let's just like jump into the episode. And we start... And because I can see your notes up on the screen too, we both wrote art class question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're clearly in the art room. There are easels everywhere with drawings on them. But we realized quickly that this isn't an art class. This is just like an after school meeting place about the school dance. But this seems like a really inconvenient place to meet. Not only that, the principal is like the advisor of this after school <laughs> meeting, which would never happen. That's true. I know. Where's Mr. Dig when you need him? Unclear. He is now, there's been a couple teacher episodes and he has been conspicuously absent. But yeah, so we're in an art classroom, but it is an after school dance committee meeting. Miranda's like, why are we volunteering for this when we know Kate will be in charge? Gordo's only in it for the free food, but there is no food, so he kind of dips. Yeah, Gordo's making a late push here to really get onto that hungry tribe. Yeah, he is. (laughs) I keep Um, forgetting about that. Yeah, I mean, the tired tribe seems right for him, but he's just been doing so many um, hungry things recently that, I don't know, I might have to really reconsider his tribe designation. We still have half a season to go, so we'll have to wait and find out. I know. He could do something else, like just fall asleep somewhere that just tilts the scales back. I don't know. <laughs> the problem is if I move Gordo, then I have to take someone. Well, A, I have to take someone off of the Hungry Tribe. And then, two, I have to find a new person to put on to the Tired Tribe. So, I don't know. It's it's definitely, Gordo's definitely making things a little bit a little bit challenging. He is. And then Lizzie says that she just wants to be on the dance committee because it gives her an excuse to go to the dance without a date, which is just sad, Lizzie McGuire. You don't need a man. This is like the second dance in this in the span of, I feel like, six episodes. Because when was the Sadie Hawkins dance? Oh, yeah. A lot of dances at this middle school. I also still think it's hilarious that... We're getting a spring fling in episode 13, and then we're going to get an episode very soon that is very clearly the first week of school. Again, choices are made. Yeah, she drops a Josh Hartnett reference, which is quite a throwback, so much of a throwback that I needed to look up who that was. Josh Hartnett is the guy in Pearl Harbor who uh, ends up taking Ben Affleck's wife, and then Ben Affleck is not dead. And then, and then there's some real, some real drama. So much drama. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that guy. Uh, I don't know what he's done since then. Has he done anything? <laughs> I've only really known him as the Pearl Harbor guy. You know, I think at one point, like I had like, cause I watched that movie when I was so young, definitely way too young to be watching Pearl Harbor. And then I didn't see it for years. And I always thought it was a Ben Affleck and Leonardo DiCaprio movie. What? I always <laughs> Obviously, it's not. It is obviously not. No, uh, we can we can call we can probably put Josh Hartnett into the same category as uh, your favorite actor Ben McKenzie. Josh Hartnett was in Penny Dreadful. We just don't watch Penny Dreadful, and he he's one of the first names listed, so he is okay. That's what he's doing. Okay, it's different from Ben McKenzie because what has Ben McKenzie <laughs> done? Yeah, I don't know. So yes, as Sam already mentioned, the principal is running this meeting principal tweety 
a.k.a. Phil Lewis, a.k.a. Mr. Mosby from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Pre-Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Always love a good Mr. Tweety appearance. Yeah, and he's on a first-name basis with all these students. Did your, How close were you with your middle school principal? Not at all. <laughs> Would um, your middle school principal have been able to accurately deduce everybody's personalities and clashing philosophical <laughs> ideas and create just the perfect group of organizers for a school dance? No. At my middle school, there were three floors, and each floor had sort of like a headmaster for the floor. And those were the authority figures that were closer with the students. The principal was a great guy, but very much in his own world, as most principals are. But yes, Principal Tweedy knows all. He puts Kate in charge of decorations, says Miranda will cover the food, and just et cetera, continues to go on and list different responsibilities. Um, but then Kate totally plays herself by calling out how important decorations are. She's like, of course he picked me to do decorations. And so he's like, you're right, Kate. And then adds Lizzie to that job. So now Kate and Lizzie are both in charge of decorations. Kate, you played yourself. Cut to theme song. So at the McGuire house, Lizzie is putting together like a floral table decoration and asks Joe for feedback. To which she's like, those better not be from my garden. And Lizzie's like, oh my God, spring fling decorations are really important. Yeah, so she's just going to take all the flowers in Joe's garden because the school does no lo- the school no longer has the budget <laughs> to put together centerpieces. Uh, they spent it all on a statue. Yeah, and Lizzie believes that this is an opportunity to, you know, define her popularity, to make an impression, and if she messes up, oh my God, she's going to be a mathlete. Um, yeah, and Sam was a mathlete. Surprise. No. Uh, I mean, this also could point back to the fact that he's an accountant now. Who knows? Yeah. Once again, he do- he does not go to work in this episode. This Sam was also a mathlete. I did do the math team in high school. And you were fairly popular, I would say. Our middle school did not have a math team. Ours didn't either. I feel like the show has a tendency to plant high school things in a middle school. I feel like Gordo would probably be on the math team. Yeah. And Hudgeman. Yeah, they probably would both be on the math team. Duking it out for captain. So way to just, you know, crap on your friend. Yeah. Hate my friends. <laughs> and then, okay, Matt and Lanny are also here in this scene. They are, we pan over to the kitchen table where they are eating breakfast. We get so many lines this episode about how, you know, talkative Lanny is. More than usual. Lanny does tend to dominate the conversation. (laughs) And then they see an advertisement on the newspaper that Sam McGuire is reading. We get this fun zoom in and special effect on the BMX Tornado Rider. Oh my God. Just the most best bike in the world. (laughs) And then Matt says to Lanny, you're right, Lanny. It's bike time, big time. Yeah. But then they don't go to school. <laughs> no, they need to get a job yes. to, to get this BMX tornado rider. So then we cut to Lizzie's school because she does go to school. And her and Kate are discussing the decorations. And Kate says that there should be a new theme for the dance called Fashion Week in Paris. And Lizzie's like, The theme is already spring fling. So then they compromise on, get this, springtime in Paris. Oh, boy. Kate wants roses. Lots of roses. Yellow roses. Pink roses. Yeah, Kate's all over the place. And Lizzie says, daisies, because roses are so expensive. And we have to stay on the budget. Little Lizzie, so economical. Did you give yourself that haircut, too? I forgot we had that clip. Sorry. Yes. Yes. And I write in my notes, you know, they are bickering. Are they flirting? Like, who? who's to say, really? There's there's this energy between them, right? Yep. So this is where the plot really starts to fall apart. Um, 
<laughs> For some reason, the, the statue does not fit into the theme of springtime in Paris. I would disagree. Paris is filled with statues of old white men, but, you know, we can look past that. Lizzie, on the meantime, or in the meantime, says, where will the pigeons sit? <laughs> like, that's the <laughs> biggest concern. What about the pigeons? Yeah, and then Kate's like, it's a bird toilet. Again, very consistent with Paris. Bird yes. toilets everywhere. Uh, and then <laughs> the bird toilet is interfering with her romance vibe. And again, things interfering with romance vibe. Very consistent with the city of Paris. Correct. <laughs> Having been there. Correct. It's all very Parisian to me. And so Kate decides the best thing to do is to just <laughs> push the statue off of, you know, because apparently it just sits on top of a column, which, again, doesn't really make sense placement-wise. But whatever. Just push it off. It falls, and the head falls off. Yes. Problem solved. Fully decapitates him. And, yes, she's like, problem solved, to which Lizzie is like, Beheading the school principal does not solve problems. It starts them. Kate tries to fix it for what it's worth. She tries to just, you know, prop the head back on. This is a plot hole because any school that has the budget to buy a statue of a man from 50 years ago has the budget for some CCTV. So, Kate, sorry, you busted. Plot hole. (laughs) True. But yeah, so this time when the head falls off, it now breaks in half. So now we have two halves of a head. And Lizzie is horrified, but Kate is so just like, whatever. You won't tell anyone. He won't tell anyone. There's no problem. Yeah, and so here's the thing. The statue is broken. You didn't do it. Leave just walk it. away. <laughs> just just walk away, Lizzie McGuire. Just don't, don't touch it. Got our prints all over it. Oh my god! But first, we have to go back to the McGuire house where Matt and Lanny are not in school, but they are pleading for the BMX Tornado Rider. Wait. Also, can I just say one thing? This statue should be real heavy. Like, can you imagine just taking (laughs) a a full head and putting it into your backpack (laughs) and then carrying it around? Yeah, that's fair. I can't because it's not accurate. Super strength, Lizzie McGuire. Sorry. Yes. Back to the house. Yes. Back to the bike problem. So these bikes are $105 each. Sam says, you know, we're not going to give you the money, but you can go earn the money. So they start like tap dancing. Yeah. They they start, you know, uh, doing a performance. They're looking for some some pocket change. So here's my question with the Matt and Lanny subplot of this whole episode. What are they? Th- are Sam and Joe just supposed to like buy Lanny a bike? Where <laughs> where is Lanny's family in all of this? I'm so confused. Uh, it's very unclear where they ever are. We never see them, and who knows? Maybe they're having their stomachs pumped as well. Oh my god, dark. <laughs> but uh, even though they have this A plus, just fantastic performance, uh, Joe is like. We're not going to give you money for that. Fine, squash my dreams. I mean, fair. I mean, they don't need to buy a child who is not their child a bike. That's yeah, <laughs> they, they, they have a budget. God. We are on a budget. They just spent all this money on pants that Lizzie just, you know. Only spent twelve ninety five on those pants because they are on a budget. Although I will say $105 for a bike, that's a steal. True. You take that bike, and then you flip it for a better bike. Maybe it wasn't a steal in 2002. Inflation. Mm, Maybe. Who's to say? But anyways, Matt and Lanny need to earn their money elsewhere. Joe says that Mrs. Carabino, one of their neighbors, could use some help. Go there. She's weird, but they're desperate. Apparently, she has stuffed birds and bald cats. All right, so this is another thing that does not make sense. So uh, you can't have it both ways, right? Either the bike is very expensive or Mrs. Carabino is not going to give you a lot of money to clean out her attic. Like the idea that they can do one cleaning out of the attic and then get $105 plus tax 
So they can now buy this BMX bike. It, those two things do not work together. Yeah, and California tax is steep. Yes. I mean, that was a crazy attic. It was, and it begs the question, what? where did all that stuff go? Like, why didn't, could they have just sold the stuff? If she didn't want it anymore, then maybe they could have sold the stuff and gotten additional money for a second bike. Sam, 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 Sam. We're asking too many questions. I mean, Matt's shown himself to be a very eager seller. Probably got it from Sam, who does online auctions. But Matt once sold all of the furniture in his bedroom to... I forget what he even did with that money, but he once did that. And Lanny, as we know, big on e-commerce, founder of Webkins, likely the founder also, or developer of uh, Instagram stories. So... These are two very resourceful children, and they really get, you know, shafted by the writers here. They really do, but don't they always? Yes. Don't they always? There's no consistency. (laughs) They're either evil geniuses or they're just hopeless. Back to the crime scene. Miranda comes rushing over to Lizzie at her locker, and oh my God, Sam, you'll never guess what happened. Cody Pearson just asked Miranda to the dance. Wow, that is amazing. Wow, I never realized Miranda was so poised. It's it's all that poise. Um, <laughs> she realized how poised she could be in the previous episode, and now look at her. She has just caught the eye of Cody Pearson. I love how Lizzie is all of us, but she's like, who's Cody Pearson? And Miranda's like, Lizzie, we have classes together. So in your own world, Lizzie McGuire. But yeah, Miranda has a date to the dance. This is an exciting development. Then Gordo comes over and he's like, hey, did you hear the news? Someone broke the head in front of the gym. And whoever did this is in major trouble. (laughs) Cue Lizzie opening her backpack. What good could possibly come from you taking the head and just carrying it around with you? Nothing. No, no, no good outcome can come from that. That was a poor decision and it made no sense. No sense. And Gordo's immediate reaction is like, you got to flee to Canada. And then change your name. Yes. <laughs> Basically go into witness protection. Correct. And Lizzie tries to tell them that, hey, Kate did it. And I'm sorry, but if I'm Gordo or Miranda, like you have the head <laughs> in your backpack. Um, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> like, but they're I'm, just like, Eh, that makes sense. Especially after Lizzie, not two episodes ago, just went ahead and blamed Miranda for basically the same thing. Correct. Like That's true. <laughs> they have a lot more faith in Lizzie than Lizzie has I know. in what them. The, what the heck is this? Like, the cop is like, oh, Miranda, you must have taken this lip gloss. And Lizzie's like, well, if it quacks like a duck, <laughs> it must be a duck. And then here she is two episodes later expecting, you know, a different kind of treatment for the same sort of scenario. Rude. Rude. Yeah. No, Lizzie, you are full of it. Wow. I'm not okay with this hypocrisy. Okay. Well, we're going to go back to Mrs. Carabino's house. She wants them to clean her attic. And we get this, like, lovely cackling witch laugh, which makes her seem way more sinister than she actually is. Yeah, I'm confused about Mrs. Carabino. Um, Like you said, is she a witch? Is she just an eccentric lady? Why did they make her do a demon laugh? I don't know. I mean, she's definitely a hoarder. She definitely is. And I like how um, Matt's like, this is going to take forever. And this is literally the shortest montage we've had in the entire (laughs) show. It's like one second, there's just things everywhere. And the next, it's just an empty room. It was as if Samantha from Bewitched just snapped her fingers and boom. Yeah. Problem solved. Just remember, BMX Tornado Rider. That was the motivation. Yeah. And then they seemingly got so much money. It was all ones. No, it was $105. In ones. In ones. (laughs) Okay, so back at school, Gordo's plan is still Canada. Miranda's plan is to tell the truth. And Lizzie's like... I can't tell the truth. Middle school doesn't have a witness protection program. And Miranda's, you know, tell the truth plan is very self-serving, right? Like she wants to go to this dance with Cody Pearson. That is her motivation in this episode. Lizzie does not make sense at all. Like 
here she is in season one being like, I can't lie. And here she is in season two going pretty much every episode in some capacity going, I can't tell the truth. Like, <laughs> what is it? It's the opposite of growth. <laughs> like a devolution pretty, of character. I'm pretty sure eh, half of the season two episodes we've watched so far have involved her wrapping herself up in a lie. It's true. It's so true. Oh, how far she's come from. I want a bra. Yeah, she is. um, She's growing up. Yeah, she's She's, growing down. She's learning that (laughs) lying is a necessary part of life. Uh, She's doing it. Yeah, not impressed with you, Lizzie. Not impressed. And this is such a, like, this is not, like, this is not even a situation that warrants lying. Miranda's kind of right. Just, like, if you tell the truth, then what's the worst that can happen? Kate is going to be mad at you. Kate doesn't like you already. Like, what can be, but... I guess the logic is like Kate can make her life worse. Her life, right? like, no, but Kate already makes her life worse. But it's, Kate is kind of like, if you stay out of her way, she'll leave you alone, right? Like that was sort of the whole thing with the episode of like, Kate is way better than Claire because Claire is like actively going out of her way to be mean. But Kate is more like, stay in your lane, McGuire, little Lizzie. So maybe Lizzie just does not want to give Kate a reason to come for her, which middle school's brutal. I respect that. I can't say I would not do the same. Yeah, but, you know, you're you're thinking really sort of small window. If you're Lizzie, maybe Kate gets suspended, expelled, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Kate's I, a white girl. Kate is more... not going to get suspended slash expelled for this. There's more. I, don't, I just think that. There's no reason to lie here. So the fact that Lizzie is lying just makes no sense. The wrath of Kate. You just need to believe it's enough. I don't believe it's enough. (laughs) No, I don't believe it. Okay. It's not believable. Well, Gordo has a plan now that is not Canada, but it's not much better because his plan is to basically try to glue the statue back together with gum, which is gross. They chew a lot of gum. They try to stick it all together. It immediately falls apart. Yes. Hugh Gordo singing, Oh Canada. Yes. It's just the first line because that's all he knows. Meanwhile, Kate is like full out bragging about knocking over the statue head. <laughs> like, yeah, I did that. That's true. I mean, going back to Gordo for a second, at least we didn't get this. My country dance of the sweet land of liberty of the ice state. Coincidentally, the same tune as God Save the Queen. We don't need that sound bite. Yeah. Like you said, Kate's now bragging that she's the one who broke the statue. And, you know, once Kate starts bragging that she's the one who broke the statue, it doesn't matter if Lizzie tells or not, because this now could have come from anybody because Kate has admitted to it to multiple people. The deeper we get into the logic of this episode, the more there is to unravel. Right? Like, Lizzie, this is your moment. Yeah. By the Go time by the time Lizzie confesses, everybody knows that Kate did it. And here she like she's not even I could I could see her maybe if she thought that being the one to have broken the statue would increase her popularity, then maybe she does it. But it makes no sense why she does it. I just yeah. And then the fact that everybody knows that Kate did it means that it can't necessarily be traced back to Lizzie. So I just don't understand. And then Miranda runs over and she's like, hey, hey. Did you see me talking to Cody? At this point, I just thought, like, we do get a Cody Pearson spoiler alert appearance at the end, but I just thought it would have been so hilarious if we just never saw Cody Pearson in this episode. Yeah, and uh, Lizzie is basically like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's like, this is not important. I can't help you pick out dresses right now, Miranda. My stomach is in knots. I only care about myself. Yeah, but when Lizzie is having a moment about Ethan Kraft, she expects everybody to drop what they're doing. It's so true. Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. I can't. I can't. If you couldn't tell, I was not a fan of this episode. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I can tell. And yeah, everybody's sort of reacting to the visual of the headless bust. And we get an, an announcement over the intercom that there is an emergency assembly. So Principal Tweedy calls everybody into the gym and makes an announcement that there has been an act of vandalism, and he thinks that somebody knows all about it. Cue Larry Tudgman 
confessing to relabeling everything in the science lab because we have to wake up people. The metric system is here. I respect that. (laughs) I have so much respect for this take. The fact that we use the standard system, it's so stupid. Who is the one guy whose foot measured one foot and now that is the foot that we all use? It really makes no sense. And I often think about the notion of American exceptionalism and unpacking that and how problematic it is. And it's just, why do we do this? Why do we insist on being different from the rest of the world? It makes it so confusing when you travel. Just like nothing about it makes sense. Why is a mile 5,280 feet? Why? (laughs) And we shouldn't even be using miles. We should be using kilometers. It's, uh, and who are we to call our method standard? It's actually the opposite of standard. The metric system is standard. Anyways, I could go on a rant about that. Yeah, so respect to Larry. Yeah. You, you did a good. Yeah, might be getting an MVP just for that because let's be real, the options are <laughs> very limited in this episode. But yeah, it's not about that. And Principal Tweedy says that who, until whoever committed this act of vandalism, he was very intentional about using the word vandalism as many times in this scene as he could. Yes, vandalism. Vandalism. Vagrancy. <laughs> until someone confesses the spring fling dance is canceled. And then cue cartoon Lizzie being like, I didn't do anything. So why do I feel like I'm in trouble? Because you have the crime. Because everybody's in trouble. In your backpack. So then we cut to a three-way phone call where Miranda's like, when are you going to tell? And Gordo is now very team, you can't tell. But Miranda is very laser focused on having her moment with Cody. A hunk, a hottie, a heartthrob. Yeah, so Cody Pearson, the expectations have just been set (laughs) so high for this poor child. Gordo's like, she can't tell. She'll be a fink, a rat. So that is the extent of that conversation. Meanwhile, in Matt's story, him and Lanny only had enough money for one bike, so they are going to share it. They believe in life after love. They're going to share. And they say, I believe we are two of the happiest kids in the world. And Sam and Joe are kind of like, is this going to work? And then we get this great, moment of this is probably my favorite sequence in the episode matt and lanny are deciding who's going to ride the bike first and matt gives it to lanny he's like no no lanny you go first and lanny you know speeds off on the bike and then we get a cut and it is nighttime and lanny just like never came back yeah it's kind of sad actually here they are supposed to be sharing and lanny just up and, and he ditched. just dipped. <laughs> yeah. So Sharon clearly did not have the anticipated end results that perhaps they were hoping for. Not at all. But yes, I really appreciated the the timing of that sequence and that it was just like there wasn't a scene in between, you know? It was just like immediate See, cut sh- tonight. They should have gotten a bike with the, you know, that Matt could have stood on in the back. Or, or had a buggy stood on, on the, the side of it. A bike with a, a bicycle with a buggy? Oh, I, I don't guess know that I've a, ever seen that. I guess that's a little too advanced. <laughs> they should have gotten a tandem bicycle. No, it's more likely that you'd have the bar across the axle in the back so one person can stand while the other person is on the bike. That's true. Yeah. So then we cut to Lizzie's dream. She's tossing and turning and we have a sort of, you know, angel devil situation Gordo is the angel. Miranda is the devil. He wants her to look out for herself and not tell. Miranda wants her to tell. And then the decapitated bust also makes an appearance in the stream. Hey, you kids, cut that out. And then this is the part of my notes where I forget why you said this, but you said it where you're like, is Cody the new dot, 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 shy Ronnie? (laughs) I forget why I said that, too. You know, every time there's, like, a potential boyfriend, there's going to have to be a comparison to Shy Ronnie because we got a lot of Shy Ronnie, and Shy Ronnie set the bar real low for what <laughs> what to expect out of a relationship on this show. So, you know, so far, Cody Pearson, uh, I would prefer him over Shy Ronnie. I hear he's a hunk and a hottie, so two for two. 
though he was quite shy. He I'm- has been shy. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> so he's a shy hottie slash hunk. Shy Cody. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really have the same ring to it. It doesn't. No. So then Lizzie is faced with a moral dilemma, but she's not. She really did this to herself. Anyway, so next day we're at school. We see Lizzie going into the principal's office. And did she tell? Did she not tell? Kind of left on a cliffhanger. Except we immediately find out in the following scene because there is another emergency assembly. They use the word emergency very loosely at this school, I'm realizing. Okay, so here's the thing. Do you need to have an assembly for this? Could it just be uh, an overhead announcement? Nope, let's pull everyone from class. (laughs) Let's bring them to the gym. Let's call it an emergency. This is an emergency. So Tweety announces that, hey, good news. The spring dance, springtime in Paris, is back on. And it's because they have found the culprit. And the culprit is none other than Lizzie McGuire. Yep. She confessed. And she cannot go to the dance. And then Ethan's like, Lizzie, 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 why'd you do that? And Gordo and Miranda explain to him that she didn't. She just said she did so that everyone could go to the dance. She sacrificed herself for everybody else. This is not something that I would ever recommend (laughs) anybody doing. Like, oh, haha, it's funny. It worked out here. But this is bad. This is a bad idea. (laughs) If you didn't do something, don't admit that you did it. (laughs) It's a bad idea. People get wrongfully convicted because they're pressured into making like terrible confessions because then they're told that they can make plea deals and then they're stuck in prison for like very long periods of time. This is just like, no, (laughs) if you didn't do something, don't say that you did it. It's true. This may just be Lizzie McGuire, but the ripple effect, the real world consequences can be quite high. Look out for yourself. Don't be a Lizzie. And you know what? Maybe you don't need to tell everybody that Kate did it. But, like, you did not do it. (laughs) This is not an I'm Spartacus moment. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's so so interesting, right? Because the narrative of this episode, the way that it's being fed to us, wants us to think that Lizzie's being a hero in this moment, right? Like, wants us to think that she did this, like, courageous thing, that she sacrificed herself, and that this was a good deed, Right, like the episode is literally called You're a Good Man, Lizzie McGuire. But that's just like a weird and problematic message. Yeah, this is a bad lesson. Yeah. Kids, don't listen to this lesson. Do not. Yeah. No, I don't I don't like it. So then we have our final scene at the McGuire house. Lizzie and Matt are both quiet and sad and sulking in different parts of the kitchen. Sam and Joe are like, something's wrong. Let's tackle this. Matt will be easier. Matt first. Matt is sad because there is no we in bike, and he misses Lanny. Yeah, and Joe, being the astute motherly figure that she is, bets that, hey, Lanny probably feels the same way, and she urges Matt to give Lanny a call. Yes, and this is all resolved fairly quickly and straightforwardly. They talk about how they had more fun earning the bike than they do having it, And what's the point of being best friends if you're never in the same room? Lanny has such a way with words. And they decide that they are going to sell the bike and use the money to go into the ostrich business. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we know that Lanny already has a peacock farm. So (laughs) at first I was like, that's ridiculous. But then when I thought about it more, I realized that this is actually probably more feasible than we think. I mean, Lanny just has such an entrepreneurial mind and spirit that I truly believe that anything is possible. The ostrich farm was what really gave him the inspiration for the Webkins. You know, I love that. (laughs) Yes. I also um, pause before we play the clip we're going to play because I meant to mention this during the dream is that, you know, I don't usually feed into Sam's Miranda and Gordo conspiracy theories, but I did, it did come to mind during this episode that maybe Gordo is so insistent on Lizzie not telling what happened. He's okay with the dance being canceled because he does not want Miranda to go with Cody Pearson. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so 
I know that you are very down on the Gordo and Miranda as a couple theory, but I will redirect you to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and maybe Miranda is Gordo's Greg. So Gordo would obviously prefer Lizzie. Lizzie is clearly his first choice. That's why he showed up at her date with Shirani. But given that he can't have Lizzie, Miranda is clearly the next best option. Or I guess another way of saying it is Miranda is Gordo's Heather, if Gordo is Greg himself. Oh, wow. You're really getting into the weeds of Crazy (laughs) Ex-Girlfriend. I am. I think, okay, yeah. But basically, the idea is that uh, Gordo and Lizzie will never happen. So Gordo has now set his sights on Miranda. (laughs) And now Cody Pearson is just here. Like, where did he even come from? Nobody knows. (laughs) Does he even go to this school? I don't even go to this school. (laughs) Like, where, what? And now Gordo is very gel. This dance cannot continue because Cody Pearson has just come, you know, butting in. (laughs) Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I think this really just is so illustrative of how in their own world they are and in their own bubble. You don't know who's in your classes. Are you serious? Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. You can't name everybody who's in your class. Lizzie. And it's not even like people in your grade who maybe you never interact with, like people literally in a 20-person class with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like no recollection. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's bad. Anyway, so back on track. Matt's problem is solved. Now it's time to talk to Lizzie. Let's just play the clip. Because okay. Because what a talk it is. Hey, what's wrong, sweetie? Um... <laughs> No, I just wanted to decorate the dance so maybe I could become popular. And then Kate had to go and break the statue head. And I really didn't want to go to Canada. So then we tried to chew gum and stick the head back together and it kept falling apart. And then, I don't know, the only way that Miranda could go out with Cody Pearson is if I took the blame for it. So then I did. And now everyone's at the dance having a good time except for me. And I'm stuck here all by myself. Uh, well, let's just try to sort this out one piece at a time. There's a statue, and uh, you, Canada. Who's Cody Pearson? Oh, okay. Let me uh, see who that is, and then we'll keep working on this. Okay. Would have been a perfect opportunity for ah, the doorbell. <laughs> I'll get that. Oh man. That would have been a really good callback, but unfortunately, this show rarely remembers its own <laughs> jokes. So, <laughs> so I realized as we were watching this clip back, we didn't even need to do this podcast. We could have just played that clip and Lizzie just told us the entire episode. That's very true. <laughs> that is, that is, yes, she did that. And I, I don't know. I feel like the writers want you to feel bad for her. I don't feel bad for her at all. And maybe that's harsh of me, but, like, you literally did this to yourself. I was just extremely caught off guard by the crying and just, like, the out of nowhere, (laughs) like, crocodile tears. Oh, man. And then there's, like, some chain crying going on because then Joe starts to cry. Like, what what is happening? I think it's just the fact that she just, like, looked, you know, a little sad and, like, reflective in all the shots we were seeing up to this moment, and then she just turns around and starts weeping. It felt very, um, it was very jarring. Lizzie just, she can't articulate what she wants, and when you can't articulate what you want, you're never going to get it. But yes, the doorbell rings. Ah, the doorbell. <laughs> oh, get to that. And it's Gordo. Gordo's looking dapper. He's looking like he... You know, brought his bar mitzvah tux back out. Yeah, why is Gordo <laughs> so dressed up? I don't know. Like significantly more dressed up than everybody else. Yeah. And he's brought some mini donuts. So I don't know. Gordo just keeps doing hungry things. The mini donuts made me think of you specifically. I did give you some mini donuts for your birthday one year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Best gift I ever got you. True. <laughs> Yes, you have given me donuts. You have had donuts taken away from you. They're a part of your personality. I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole that we could get down where (laughs) I had donuts, 
you know, unfairly confiscated from my possession. Almost the eight-year anniversary of that very incident. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> okay. I had the, but just know I had the last, the last laugh because you know what's no longer open? The museum. So, <laughs> so. That was actually really sad. So deal with me, museum. But I will still be eating donuts and you will have none. We loved the museum. I'm just <laughs> being snarky. Anyways. Yeah. So here we think that maybe Lizzie and Gordo are going to have one of their classic moments of, you know, Gordo just getting real unrequited up in here. But no, the doorbell is going to ring again. This Surprise. It's Miranda and special guest appearance. It's Cody Pearson. Oh, my God. It's Cody Pearson, the most average looking kid. <laughs> I love that, though, because, you know, he looks like a middle school boy. You know, Ethan Kraft does not look like a middle school boy. Cody Pearson looks like someone you would go to school with. He looks like a child. Cody Pearson is giving us a look that's even like, why am I here? <laughs> Cody Pearson is like, what show is this again? <laughs> Carrying a bottle of orange soda. They all brought snacks. I mean, Gordo's got a six pack of something. Root beer, I would imagine. We don't need your root beer. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Cody Pearson is also just up in here in like a short sleeve button down. <laughs> yeah, looking supremely underdressed next to Gordo. Yeah, we can talk about the outfits in our next segment as Correct. we do. But yeah, yes. so then the doorbell rings it again. It just keeps ringing and yeah. more people just keep flooding in. Ah, the doorbell. Including Larry Tudgman and Ethan Kraft, to which we get the best line in the episode. Oh, Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. Since you can come to the party, the party's coming to you. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> it's very striking. I'm just saying like this freeze frame right here. Just how much older Ethan Kraft looks than everybody else. Yeah, he's so tall. He looks like a parent. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he looks like, especially in this like, you know, nice shirt and tie situation. Ethan Kraft is wearing a tie. He looks like he could be a dad. He does. It's really unsettling. And Gordo is his child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cute together. Wow, Lizzie is so popular, and she has two of the best friends in the entire world. Hate my friends. Except she loves her friends when they do nice things for her. And you two haven't done anything to help. <laughs> <laughs> and then the party is now in Lizzie's backyard. Full school dance. Then we end on a shot of Kate at the actual school dance all alone. Yeah, and at this point... I asked you if this was a reverse prom, um, and then I thought about it more, and I was like, or is this just the prom? <laughs> to which I say, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. Like, obviously, they want us to see that scene and laugh. They're like, ha, 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 Kate's at the dance all by herself, but- Kate didn't deserve that. I just felt kind of bad. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it's weird that I didn't feel bad for anything that happened to Lizzie, and I did feel a little bit bad for Kate at the dance all by herself, but that was just how I felt. Because this show just unfairly slanders Kate at every opportunity. Like, unnecessary, I have to say. Yeah, and um, did Kate do not great things in this episode? Yes, but Lizzie should have been following Kate's lead. She should have been looking out for herself. Yeah, and the idea that Kate would be at the dance all by herself completely unrealistic. Like, do we really believe that Claire went to Lizzie's house instead of the dance? That's a great point. Like, yeah, come this, on now. This doesn't fit the bill. I'm sorry. Plot hole. Yeah, if you had the cheerleaders at the all at the dance by themselves, I would buy it. But just Kate all by herself, don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it at all. You have been sold a fake bill of goods. Yes. And that is that. End of episode. What a strange episode it is. Not my favorite. Um, I can tell. It went straight to the... It went very close to the bottom. I don't know if it was worse than the previous worst episode. But it's definitely a bottom five episode. What was the previous worst episode? Um, it was Over the Hill. Yeah, so I don't think this was as bad as Over the Hill, which was just two episodes ago. But yeah, I don't know. This show, I guess it's just going downhill really quick for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And as I keep saying, you don't even know. Clearly. You don't know. Yeah. No. How could I know what I don't know? Anyways, let's talk about some outfits, Sam. Yeah, we can do that. And I guess we can start at the beginning with, let's talk about Lizzie's belts here. Because is, is that her, actually, I can't even tell if that's her shirt or a belt. What is happening here? I think it's a belt. I've had a belt like that in the past. There's like a belt, but it has little... It ties. It's got little spaghettis just hanging <laughs> off of it. I don't like this look on for Lizzie. I'm not a fan. I think it's very dull. Um, dull? Yeah. You don't like the washed out jeans just to the knees? Just to the knees. <laughs> and then, yeah, a very pale, neutral shirt. Yeah. It's not exciting. Indeed. Whereas Miranda's rocking some camo pants and a studded belt. As she does. As she does. Yes. All right. I'd like to talk about several things. One is an outfit. It's Kate. And here she is bringing the suburban mom back to middle school. Yeah. We have a blue sleeveless turtleneck with a camisole under it. The turtleneck part is kind of sheer, so you can see through it. And a jean skirt. I mean, the top part is more suburban mom than the bottom. Yes, definitely. I'd also like to talk a little bit about Patterson. (laughs) Because literally the first time we've ever seen this statue, I have no context for where it is uh, on the school grounds. And he's looking, I I don't even know how to describe him. So he's- Constipated? (laughs) He's looking a little constipated. Are we assuming he's dead? Probably, right? Because it's said that he was principal from 1949 to 1961, and he's looking pretty elderly dapper in this bust, right? Like I'm seeing, I'm getting like, if he was colorized, I'm seeing white hair. I'm seeing a goatee mustache situation. Yeah. Um, Let's move ahead to Lanny, who I don't really know how to describe his look. So I guess I'll just uh, talk about what he's wearing. So I guess bottom layer is a long sleeve orange shirt. Yes. Over that, short sleeve orange shirt. <laughs> um, I love Lanny. Why? Over that, fishing vest. <laughs> orange baseball cap. There's a lot of orange going on in this look. Uh, Marissa, do you like it? I do not like the color orange, but I like Lanny, and I think he pulls it off. Do you think if we sought out Christian Copeland... The actor who plays Lanny. Do you think he would come on our podcast? Um, maybe. I mean, we can try. I don't think. Unfortunately, Lanny does not seem close to winning the MVP of the series. But, you know, we could try. We could for sure try. Miranda here is wearing a shirt that just says attitude. She's got attitude. Let's talk about Mrs. Carabino. I would love to. Let's analyze her. So she is, I don't know. Where would you start here? You know, she's definitely giving off eccentric grandma energy, right? Like we have the perm hair. We have the cat eye glasses. We have multiple brooches pinned to her sweater. We have one of those um, thin fuzzy scarves that is super of the early 2000s. This brings me back to my knitting club days. There's a lot going on. I think it's very coordinated, Like, if they were going to go wacky, they should have gone wackier, is my take with Mrs. Carabino. So here's what doesn't really compute. So obviously, they give her all of these clothing choices, and they want her to seem wacky. So why is she also evil? I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't she just look like a lovely woman? Yeah. um, It looks kind of like there's a a portrait, like a painting of Kira Knightley behind her. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, we can can ignore that, I guess, for the time being. I think Mrs. Carabino rocks her look justice for her. Wait, did we talk about the like pit bull on Miranda's shirt? I mean, we talked about the attitude. Yeah, but you <laughs> left out the most important part. Sorry. Yes, I did. It's not just a shirt that says attitude. There's. It also has a giant, what I believe is a pit bull or bulldog. Her hand is sort of blocking the snout, but there's a giant yeah, it's a dog. Bulldog. She's wearing, Miranda, I should say, is wearing a bracelet with a heart on it. Do we think it's from Cody Pearson? Could be. Uh, Cody Pearson. But yes, bulldog shirt. The dog is wearing sunglasses. Just like, it's a whole thing. Yes, definitely. And so here's Kate bragging about 
uh, having broken the statue. and New outfit. New outfit. That's not Claire. It's like they found a Claire stand-in. Oh, my God. You're so right. <laughs> what is what is this? And this same girl is in the uh, in the gym next to her, too. Don't understand. Claire could be on vacation, and she could be another girl on the squad. They show a brief shot of all of the students in the assembly in the gym, which for some reason, the gym has, like, individual chairs. Like, everybody's just rolled a chair into the gym. Ready to go for an emergency assembly. Do we think that Cody Pearson is hiding somewhere here in the <laughs> audience? I'm trying to look at everybody's face and see if I can see some Cody Pearson. I can't. You would I think that Miranda would take the opportunity of an emergency assembly to be sitting next to one Cody Pearson. You would think. Yeah. But Miranda is not real, and therefore. <laughs> right. Cody Pearson is also. Of course. Not real. Yes. Let's talk about Lanny and Matt getting ready for a bike ride in their yellow jerseys. Yes. Okay. So they must have gotten more than $105 because they're <laughs> also like tricked out with all of the essential bike gear. You have your elbow pads. You have your knee pads. You have matching helmets. You have matching shirts, matching shades. Like they just went full out with the look. Very true. Fingerless gloves. I respect the heck out of this. Very true, but at the end of the day, only one person can wear the yellow jersey. Even though they might be teammates, only one can be the victor. I like that I like that shirt from Miranda. As usual, Miranda is the best dressed. It's kind of a shacket situation. Oh, look at that, a shacket. Nice. I Let's... like the cherry belt. Mm, yes. Uh well, it's the details with Miranda, right? That really make it all come together. Like she's very consistent in her aesthetic, but there's also always like a new and exciting twist. For sure. And then let's just skip forward to the end where people are showing up to the dance at Lizzie's house in various um, (laughs) levels of formality. So Lizzie's just chilling in like a jumpsuit. Well, she like didn't. Track. She was never going to the dance anyways. Right. So you can kind of you can kind of count her out. But here's Gordo, black pants, brown jacket, terrible combination, <laughs> tie tied way too short, <laughs> and a blue shirt underneath. So Gordo, uh, respect the attempt, but poorly executed. Next, we mentioned Cody Pearson already. Cody, I don't think you're. I mean, relative to everybody else, you're very underdressed. But I think in the situation, you are normally dressed and everybody else is overdressed. I feel like Miranda is also pretty underdressed. Yeah, Miranda's got like fishnet arms. I love it. Wow. Style icon. Yeah. And what, is she wearing a skirt? I believe so, yes. She would wear this to school, right? Like I'm not getting anything extra out of her. Ethan Craft. Learn how to tie a tie. Come on now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ethan's tie is so long. It's so long. <laughs> and he's a tall guy. So, you know, the fact that this tie goes well below his belt. Even Cody Pearson in this freeze frame is like, Ethan Craft. Yeah, he's like, what did you, why is your tie tied thusly? Like, first of all, it's it's too long. Second of all, too loose. Like, why Why even bother <laughs> at this point? Larry Tudgman is wearing his usual, but to dress up, he has uh, a hat. A beret. Yes, a beret. the word you're looking for. I think we've seen it before, actually. I think so, too. So that's it on the outfits. Um, shout out to Ethan Kraft's dancing, though. We didn't mention that in the recap. It is something to be seen. Yes, it is quite a sight <laughs> to behold. Okay, as always, it is MVP time. Sam, I'm going to ask you to go first this week. I do not know whose turn it is, but... You want me to go first? Go first. I was hoping you would go first because I don't want to give two... Because depending on your answer, I feel like I would I would shift my answer. Ooh, this is why I want you to go first because I want to see what you what you believe. What I, be, what I truly believe? What you truly believe. I don't want you to be influenced by me. I, but I... See, this is hard. So... Obviously, Larry is a name that has come up before. I'm torn between two people. I'm either going to give it to Larry or Cody Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I am going to give my MVP here to Cody Pearson. Cody Pearson, <laughs> you know, this is probably his only opportunity to get an MVP. I'm assuming that Miranda's dumping him right after this and we never hear from him again. 
we learn that Cody Pearson is a hunk. He a hottie, a, a heartthrob, a heartthrob, all the H words. He has really taken the blow of being always there but never seen and just still keeping that positive attitude, being confident enough to go up to Miranda and ask her to the dance, even though she's not real. Respect for Cody Pearson. And for that reason, Cody Pearson has earned an MVP from me this episode. I respect the Cody Pearson shout out. So for me, I'm actually also torn, but I'm torn between Larry Tudgman and Ethan Kraft. Interesting. Larry Tudgman, because he relabeled everything to the metric system, and I really respected that. Um, but I think Ethan Kraft, like, I think that, you know, at the end, Lizzie gives the credit to Miranda and Gordo. Like, I have the two best friends in the world. But let's be real. Like, Ethan Kraft is the one who had the social clout to get everybody to Lizzie's house. That is probably true. Like, I don't think that Miranda and Gordo could have pulled that off. So Ethan Kraft is going to get your MVP here. Ethan Kraft is going to get my MVP here, even though I'm not sure that Lizzie really deserved the party to come to her. No. But in true himbo fashion, Ethan Kraft comes through. Wow. Congratulations to Ethan Kraft. I feel like we also totally looked over the Matt and Lanny story. Because I do, I do think it was a good episode for Matt McGuire. Yeah, I just don't think there was anything really MVP worthy in that storyline. I agree. Yeah. Cool. I'm settled. I am settled as well. Not a satisfying episode, but I'm ready to move on from it. And move on we shall. That was episode 213. You're a good man, Lizzie McGuire. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at OutfitRepeatPod. You can email us questions and comments at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, this episode, uh, as well as all of our episodes, are available on our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash OutfitRepeaters. They're also available on any platform where podcasts are available. And coming up uh, on Thursday, we have another episode of Crowning Around, where we will be recapping The Crown, Season 1, Episode 2, entitled Hyde Park Corner. And next week, we'll be back here with more Outfit Repeaters. Yeah, stay tuned for next week where we recap season two, episode 14, Just Like Lizzie. Which is supposed to be the first episode, right? Yes, Sam, you are finally going to see what should have been the season two premiere. Wow, so ready 14 to just throw into- all continuity out the window yeah, as is, usual. This is where things get wild. Oh man, cannot wait. <laughs>